Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church located in Katy, Texas. If you're in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing that faith with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message. God bless your week. A joy to be with you this morning as you begin a, a month of celebration, 25 years of ministry uh, that Victory the Lamb has been doing, and, and what a joy to remember the blessings God has given you over the years and to look ahead, uh, the new opportunities that God is setting before you as you hold forth the word of life, as you, as God's people, work together uh, to do His work that He's entrusted to you. I'd like to encourage you this morning the basis of those words from Acts chapter 2 that Pastor Beagie read for us earlier this morning. And use those words to talk about how we as God's people work together for the Lord. I've had the privilege of serving two congregations in my ministry. One was a, a brand new mission start and one a congregation. When I arrived there was almost 50 years old. Very different ministries, very different situations. And I learned a lot over those years of serving those two congregations. When I started my ministry, my first assignment, our call out of the seminary, was to help a, a group of people start a church. And when you're starting a, a church, there's no history. You can't look back and say, well, what did we do 10 years ago? There was nobody there. What do we do now? And so you have a great amount of freedom to design your ministry around the needs of the community you're serving. So for example, one of the early things we did when I was helping to start that church in Tennessee was to knock on doors and ask people as we got to meet them, what are the needs of the community? And one of the things we learned that in this community in Clarksville, Tennessee, which was right next to a, a military installation, is that there were a lot of German people there. Soldiers who were stationed uh, in Germany would marry German women and they would move back to the United States. And so once a year, we did a German language service in the middle of Tennessee. That wasn't on our radar when we started making plans, but it was a door that got opened. And still today, once a year, that congregation has about 200 people gathered to hear the Gospel in German. We got ready to, to build a church and we also learned that in that military community there were a lot of stay-at-home moms who wanted some child care. And so we started a, a preschool. And it was amazing how quickly the Lord brought people. And it was a lot of fun to, to share the Word with the, with the Germans and, and with little children and their families. We had that freedom to work together and respond to the opportunities that God had set before us. And then in 2016, I came to Houston and came to a congregation that was in transition. They had operated a Lutheran day school for, for several decades, but they were in a very changing area. And the school that served predominantly members of the congregation had begun to serve predominantly people from the community 
And that was a shift. That was a change. The congregation had a lot of history. And they were still doing things the way they had done them for many years. I learned about different ministries as I went to that church. And one of the ministries was done by a lady every single Sunday after the service was over. She would come up to the front of the church and she would grab the offering plates and the candles and would move them into the sacristy. She was in charge of the brass. She was the brass guild. You ever heard of that? We had brass offering plates and brass candle holders with wax candles. And so her job every week was to polish the brass. Make sure the candles were exactly the same height on both sides of the altars. You all don't have that problem because you have oil. And I said to her one Sunday, several weeks, you don't want to introduce change too quickly. Have you ever thought of stainless steel? I said, just wipe it off. It's pretty clean. Or maybe we could use oil for the candles. And she said, we can do that? Sure we can. God's people work together in different situations with different ministry opportunities, with different history, but it's all around the Word of God. 25 years of history at Victory of the Lamb. What has stayed the same over the years is the Word of God. It's true for the congregations we serve in our church body that we're united together with. What remains the same in all the varying ministries and and different situations is the Word of God. Because it's the Word of God that has brought us together into a relationship. With one another, yes, we have a common confession of faith, but ultimately with our God. Through the gift of faith, has united us to Him and a group of people that we're with this morning. And so we work. We work together around the Word of God and we work together trusting that God will get His work done. Yes, even through us. So Acts chapter 2 tells us about the first Christian congregation. What an exciting time for the people of God, for those apostles as they were leading that group. We know they had some issues. Even after Jesus was about to ascend to heaven, they were still thinking about an earthly kingdom. And and Jesus said, no, just wait. The Holy Spirit's going to come and He'll make everything plain. And boy, did He. On that day of Pentecost, when He was poured out on the disciples and they preached the Gospel in Jerusalem. And the people were cut to the heart. And Peter the Apostles replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Repent and be baptized. And 3,000 people were brought to faith that day. Now they didn't all stay in Jerusalem. There were some visitors there and they went back. But they had a thriving congregation there in the city of Jerusalem. And they were working together. The first verse of of our text tells us about their work. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. We don't have a complete ministry plan for that Christian church in Jerusalem, but four things are prominent. Devotion to the apostles' teaching. That's the Word of God. To the fellowship. They got together around 
that word, the breaking of bread, probably the Lord's Supper, and they prayed for one another. That's what they did. And we can relate. That's why we're here this morning. Devoted to the Word. Fellowship. I think there's some food later on. Lord's Supper. Prayer. God's people working together around the means of grace. In the city of Jerusalem, they had great times early on. The number went from 3,000. The next number we hear is 5,000. They had the great freedom to go around that city preaching and teaching the message of Jesus Christ crucified and risen. They were unafraid. Even when opposition started to come, the, the miracles that, that the apostles performed and the confidence that they had with the Gospel, the power that the Holy Spirit brought through that message livened them and strengthened them to do their work. An anniversary year is a good opportunity for a congregation to recognize those same things go on no matter how long you've been here. The power of God is evident. As people confess their sins and hear the good news of forgiveness, as people sing praises to the Lord and pray for one another, as we fellowship together and then, yes, carry out the mission that Jesus has given us to go and make disciples, the same things are happening here as God's people work together. However, the church in Jerusalem was not perfect. And it didn't take long before those sinners showed themselves. That church in Jerusalem had some issues with Jew and Gentile relationships. The, the Jewish believers sometimes tried to force some things on the Gentile believers. There was uh, humanitarian issues in the first century Christian church where the, the people who were, were selling things and, and giving to others in need because the church was really responsible for that they didn't have a, a, a FEMA. They didn't, they didn't have any social network to help people in need. That was the church's responsibility. And they, they did that. But they sometimes overlooked people. The Gentile widows were sometimes put further down the list and the Jewish ones were raised up just because of their race. People lied to one another. They would bring offerings and there is a famous account where two people, Ananias and Sapphira, said they were giving the full amount of this property that they sold, but they kept some back trying to make a show. And then the persecution started. And the people that were kind of staying in Jerusalem, they were forced to spread out. You probably have enough experience in church life to realize that the same sort of things go on here. It's maybe not the overlooking of, of people or lying about gifts. I'm, I'm talking about the sinful distractions. They, they come because this is a group of sinners. I have the same problem in my congregation. In the congregations of our, our synod, we each have our problems because we're all sinners. 
And yes, we are the people of God redeemed by the blood of Christ, but yet we hold on to that sinful nature that we were born with. It will never leave us until God calls us home to heaven. And you add to that the enemies, the, the sinful world around us that wants nothing to do with Christianity, and the devil himself who's so good at getting in there and getting us off track and disrupting the work. So what are we to do? This. This is what we do. We get together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We stand before our God and we say, God, I've sinned. I've fallen far short of Your perfect law. And I deserve Your punishment both now and in eternity. And then we listen. And the Holy Spirit works your pastor as he announces to you the good news of the forgiveness of sins, carrying out the work that Jesus gave to his first disciples and that is still ours today. Peace be with you. Your sins are forgiven. That's the work of God's people to listen to that message and the Holy Spirit helps us to believe that message and then to use that message to go to the world to go to the people closest to us and those far away to work together. And then God will get it done. He'll gather His people in. That's just what He did in Jerusalem. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. How did that happen? It happened because those people worked together. It happened because those people were devoted to the Word of God. They, they met for fellowship and communion and, and prayer. They took care of one another. They met in the temple courts praising God. God was doing His work through them. Just like God does His work through us. Whether it's in formal ministry positions, whether it's with our neighbor or at a complete stranger, God is getting His work done as His people work together to hear the Word, believe it, and spread it to the world. And we even get to see it in action. We even get to see God's grace work. It's not always a, a big demonstration of power. It's, it's not some, some exciting conversion experience. It's when people hear the Gospel and they ask some questions about it. And they want to know more about it. And we're the ones who get to tell them. I know that in your plans for your expanded facility, you're including preschool, early childhood education. Such a great way to connect with, with people in the community and, and to, to share the Gospel. The church I serve has an early childhood education and, and also a, an elementary school. Well, I can tell you briefly about a family from our early childhood education. This is their third year now in our, in our school. When they came, they were very upfront that they were not Christian. And they weren't opposed to it. They wanted their two daughters in our school to, to learn some morals. Recognizing that that they're going to learn right and wrong, and so they wanted that for their children. 
We enrolled them in our school. And then when a family enrolls in our school, one of the first things that we do as a pastor is to set up an appointment to sit down with them and say, I'd like to tell you more about what we believe and, and what your children will hear. And in that meeting, the father pulled out his phone and he showed me a video. He said, Pastor Brown, you have to see this. And it was his daughter singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. He was so proud that his daughter could sing that song, even though he didn't believe in it. I just sat there and smiled. And I said, Lord, you've got some crazy ways of doing things, but it's really fun to watch. We started the next school year, and their oldest was going into kindergarten. And our kindergarten teacher and the pastor meet with the family again. And our kindergarten teacher said to the mom, she said, I, I know you're not Christian. And the mother said, well, not yet. I thought, Ooh, this is really getting good. That school year, two other children in those preschool and kindergarten classes were baptized. And then these two sisters from this family said to their parents, we'd like to be baptized. And so the first thing the mother did was to, to Google baptism. I guess that's what you do. You look it up. What does it say? And then she said to me, she said, Pastor Brown, my girls would like to be baptized. I, I looked it up on the internet, but I thought I better talk to you first to find out what it's all about. I said, I'd love to have that conversation with you. The girls were baptized. Confessed their faith in Jesus. Now the family's back for year three. And this past week, when I invited the parents to our Bible information class or Bible 101, whatever you call it, she said, yeah, I, I think that'd be a good idea for us. That's really fun to watch. It's really exciting to, to think what God will do or what God is doing. That's not unique to my ministry. Those stories are all around this congregation. Those stories will be coming as you do the ministry that God has entrusted to you. Because God gets His work done through His people. You know the really neat thing about these stories? They're encouraging. They, they kind of make think, yeah, I just want to see what God is going to do. But they're not just stories for our life right now. It's not just, oh, that's really neat, Pastor. Pray that goes well. No, these are eternal stories. These are stories that we'll, we'll get the full picture of when God calls us home to heaven. And you have them. you got your own story about how God called you to faith. Your own story about the ministry that He set before you. And when we get together, when God's people are done with the work, when we set aside all of the struggles and all the hardships of this life, when our sinful nature has finally been crushed and removed from us forever, when we're at home in heaven, we will have an eternity to listen to the stories and to lay our eyes and have people return the gaze at us and say, wow, how great it was to be the people of God, to work together as the people of God, and to see all the work that God got done through us. That's our story. 
right now and eternally in heaven. May God strengthen you through that story that has its foundation in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. May it strengthen you to continue to work together as the people of God. Amen. We know your time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you be so kind as to click to follow our show and give us a five-star rating? That's a quick and easy way to help us get the message of truth out to more people. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.